buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding, Gary Callagher here Saturdays from 12 to noon. Happy holidays out there, everybody. Mr. Callagher, how are you today? Well, it's 12 to 1, Jim. What did I say? Uh, that, Ron, you said 12 to noon. Oh, boy. And we, uh, just well, to remind everybody, we're on for an hour, not a minute. Way back in the day, it used to be 12 to 1.30. Who knows where I got that from, though? <laughs> but in any event, happy... Uh, Happy Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, whatever. This is uh, Christmas Eve day, and uh, we've certainly got a white Christmas up here in the Northland, Jim. There's no question about it. Um, I believe by the time this show records, we probably will have broken the record for the most snow in the month of December all time. And uh, it's not uh, certainly not up there with LeBron James breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record at the National Basketball Association, but... Uh, and that hasn't happened yet, but it, it will happen early next year. And uh, But that amount of snow in any given month, and I think the, the total was 47 inches, somewhere right in there, uh, you know, that we have to get for – that's a lot of snow in, in, in one month, any given month. So um, That is a lot. But, Jim, I have a question for you. You yes. know, Christmas, snow, all that stuff we, that, that we all are accustomed to, you know, up here and all that. Do you have any snow in Florida? Um, no, we don't. Um, and, and what's it like with a Christmas with no snow? Uh, it's wonderful. Um, we have a, um, we have about a 18 inch high Christmas tree. That's ceramic. That used to be Debbie's mom's. That's about the only thing that's up. Um, it is, um, about 72 out right now. And I have no complaints about anything. Well, folks, it's good to have that perspective, you know, that we, you know, what we're dealing with, because it's been a very cold, frigid week, uh, 30, 40 below wind chills, uh, you know, air temp is, is, you know, below zero, right at zero in the, in the single digits, that type of stuff that we're going to be here with us for the next week or so. But, um, uh, and that, that makes for, um, tough sledding around here, you know, and when it comes to housing, it, again, it's just one of those things that we all have to deal with. And, uh, uh, I had somebody say to me that they, they had somebody that wanted to give them some appliances because they're, a, uh, an investor they, they own rental properties and they like to accumulate those things in case they need them. And he said, no, go, just go ahead and get rid of them. I don't want to move them in this cold weather. So, right. Oh, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, but you, um, Jim, we got a, a, a cool show today. We're going to be talking about interest rates. We're going to be talking about, um, you know, our good friend, the Cozy Bar. Yes, amazing. The Cozy Bar is back in the news. We were talking about it. It'll never leave the news, weeks. Gary. I'm convinced. It'll be <laughs> in the news for eternity. Uh, so we'll talk about that in the next segment, but... Uh, uh, the, and, and real estate predictions, Jim, we're going to be talking about some real estate predictions as well. And, and, and you know, in the past, we've always had real estate predictions that, you know, they give us, you know, 10, 12, what their predictions are. This year has been a really rough year for people wanting to come out and say, 
hey, here's what we think is going to happen. There, it's just not happening. That everybody basically is riding the same theme as, you know, price reductions, uh, lower home sales, uh, correct market corrections. I mean, really, that's the really big theme this year, and nobody else is going out on a limb and, and really saying anything else. But I did find an article earlier this week that had a little bit of uh, a little bit more to choose from, okay. you know. And there were, um, uh, you know, this article was um, uh, they they dealt with Redfin, which is a big, uh, a popular um, uh, national real estate broker, Realtor.com, and then Forbes uh, for dealing with some some of these predictions. And and here's what they said. Redfin came out and said um, that there's going to be a post-pandemic sales slump that will push housing prices down. Okay? And they went on to say that home sales are expected to sink to their lowest level in more than a decade in 2023, as high interest rates will keep housing costs up and prevent people from moving. They also said that high homeowner equity... And a resilient job market will stave off a wave of foreclosures. Additionally, they see they uh, foresee that the Midwest and the Northeast will hold up relatively well as the overall U.S. housing market cools. And and then, uh, but then they go on to say in the in the next prediction from Realtor.com that Realtor.com says that housing prices are coming down in 2023. And we actually talked about this article last week. And this was a prediction uh, from the National Association of Realtors uh, through Realtor.com, where the um, uh, economist, head economist for um, the National Association of Realtors, or NAR, as we know it. Yeah, Lawrence uh, Yoon. Lawrence Yoon, he, he predicted that home buying costs will remain high in 23 amid the higher mortgage rates and tighter budgets due to inflation. Um, and they do see a moderation in home price growth, but they do say that that will be not be enough to tip the market in favor of the buyers, that the sellers are still going to be, uh, it's still going to be a good market for sellers and that the 2023 housing market could become a nobody's market, not friendly to buyers or sellers. Right. Right. Just very neutral. Hmm, interesting. Uh, but, but they do see a silver lining for home buyers in terms of rising inventory and more homes to choose from in 2023. But overall, that because of the continued lack of inventory, that will continue to keep home prices stable. And, you know, not seeing the, the, um, the fall. I mean, nationally, they're, pre- they're predicting a 20% price correction in housing. But... Uh, the National Association of Realtors predicts that we won't see the price growth that we've seen, but we're not going to see a drastic fall off simply because there's still going to be activity and we're still going to, you know, nationally sell about 4.8 million homes uh, next year, what they predict. And the prices will, will, will not see a sharp drop off simply because there's going to be a continued lack of inventory. And so that's, that's a little bit, you know, there's one prediction, there's another prediction, and then Forbes goes on to say, Jeff, um, and ask the question, will home prices finally fall in 2023? And that, you know, according to Forbes, 
that there are many economists are mixed about whether home prices will continue their slow decline in 2023 or crash. And they, they go on to say that, you know, the, there is a market correction already underway, yeah, but I they're maintaining, they're maintaining a watchful eye on the economy, which is still being pulled in all directions. So their take on this from Forbes is that, you know, and, and I, I think this is an important one. The economy and jobs are, are essential to people spending money, buying things. And houses are one of those things that they buy. And so as long as we have a stable economy and we, we're not experiencing massive job losses, this housing economy should continue to to be okay. Now, it's not going to be okay everywhere. And you are going to see areas of the country that are going to experience drop-offs. And California is predicting to be one of the biggest, um, you know, areas that they're going to see some of the significant pullback in real estate values, prices, activity, that type of stuff. Uh, and although that the, um, the, um, uh, the East Coast and the Midwest is, is going to continue to see good, uh, stable prices, and not as much growth as we've had. And then up here locally, Jim, in the Twin Ports, I still believe that the Twin Ports market is going to be a good market. And I think that we have a, a ton of good stuff going on, you, you know, with our economy, and that uh, I'm still bullish on the real estate market up here. But um, there's always things that you watch for. So I think that that was an important one from Forbes is that they, they're putting they're watching the economy more than ever, anything. And that if the economy stays stable and people keep working, we should be all right. But I think every, the consensus is everybody agrees that price growth is really going to be limited. But in certain areas, we're not going to see a massive reduction in price. In some areas, we might. Well, and I, you know, where they said it's still going to be a tightening, uh, a tight inventory, I, I would say at least down here, um, we have sort of a natural turnover. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, um, we've got we've got a lot of elderly people down here, so I mean, we 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 do have inventory in all markets. So I think that down here as well, like Twin Ports and and the economy down here is crazy. There's so many, there's so many um, vehicles out and big trucks out doing all kinds of work. There's so many housing developments. It's insane. Um, yeah, I I think things are going to be fine down here as well. Even though the 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 um, prices jumped significantly, um, y you know it didn't. It, we're still not. We still don't approach the California prices, for example, right, Gary? I no. Mean, and no. I think that is a really, really, really positive thing, you know, for both down here and then up there in the Twin Ports as well. So um, yeah. Well, Gary, listen, we're we're coming up on a break here. Why don't you uh, go ahead and give out your phone number, folks? In the Twin Ports, I'm at two one eight. 390-0615, licensed in both Minnesota and Wisconsin, still looking for some uh, investment-type property, single-family homes up in the, uh, if it's any river-type property, lake-type property, uh, some acreage, you know, up to, uh, say, $800,000, uh, still looking for, th for that, uh, have some buyers in that price range. Vacant land, if you have any vacant land, looking for some of that as well. All right, very good. And down here in uh, Punta Gorda, Florida area, 
Um, you can reach me at 218-348-7653. Hang in there. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit more in um, uh, Florida real estate. Gary, I've got some uh, interesting um, observations that I've, been, that I've made on some recent showings. So uh, hang in there, folks. You're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney and Gary Callagher here from Remax on your uh, 610 AM dial. All right, Mr. Callagher. So um, it's been um, the real estate market down here. We do have inventory. I'm seeing some properties have, you know, 30, 40 days on the market. To me, it is a wonderful change. I can't stand chasing inventory. I'd rather... I'd rather have a few places for people to look at. Anyway, we um, so I, I find it interesting that properties down here are selling. It's taken a little bit longer. I think that the uh, multiple offers are way down. I think once in a while you're going to get multiple offers on properties, but um, you know for the most part, I think it's it's uh, I, I wouldn't call it a normal market by any stretch of the imagination, but. Um, uh, it's also pre-holiday too, but so I'm, I'm interested in what's going to happen down here after the first of the year, uh, and uh, this this one that I've got I've got a pending offer on it. We had a little bit of home inspection issues down here, and you know up there when you um, when you have a home inspection issue, a lot of times it's going to be something. Well, there's something that's got to be tweaked with the furnace. Well, down here it's the air conditioner, um, and down here we have a lot of um, electrical boxes, Gary. That um, were like recalled or have found to have um, you know significant issues you know 20 years after they were installed I run into that a couple of times down here several times actually and this one as well so you know another $1,200 electrical box fix coming around the corner or whatever it's running these days and um, a few other things home inspections are still showing up uh, as um, a little bit of repair on every one that I ever see so it's interesting. Uh, the market's busy, um, but it could be busier, of course. Well, it's good to hear that, Jim. You know, because with the Hurricane Ian that you guys experienced and had, I mean, it really put everything at a standstill. So, and that wasn't that long ago. So, I no. mean, it's good. To, it's good to hear that you guys are recovering and that you're getting back to activity uh, down in that marketplace because that's uh, uh, it's such a beautiful area down there. And, uh, you know, to have the devastation that happened uh, and, and basically what I would consider a very quick recovery, uh, I think that that's good for you, the community, the real estate, everything down there. So, uh, yeah, good to hear that there's activity going on. Well, we, we finally picked out our roofing material and uh, now we've got a um, our, our, our insurance claim personally is, is moving along and it's going to be anywhere from two to four months. So. I've got a, I've got my my roof. You have to imagine this. About forty mm, percent of it is covered by a blue tarp that's held down by sandbags that are tied to the grommets on the tarp. Um, so anyway, it's not it's not the it's not the prettiest little house anymore. But uh, in three or four months, it's going to look better than it ever has. But thank goodness we're finally getting through. Well, thank goodness for tarps. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, because leaky roofs are no fun. Leaky roofs uh, are no fun. You know, here you want to hear an interesting one. So my neighbor, and this this is the kind of stuff that really really irritates me. 
um, because our insurance rates are high enough, and they're going to go higher, and this affects everybody in the U.S. And I'm going to I'm going to figure out a way to to try to report this, although I, I wonder if it'll fall on deaf ears. Anyway, um, my neighbor down here um, was told by the roofer that he needed a new roof. Uh, they came, they did their little um, insurance adjuster. They didn't agree at all. The roofer really couldn't back up that, you know, the rest of the roof was damaged or whatever. Anyway, so the damage came out that the my neighbor decided to forego his insurance claim and just pay for a new roof with cash. Do you know why? Guess why? He didn't want to wait any longer. It was $15,000 less than the insurance claim that they put in. Oh. Yeah. Right? So there's an insurance price, and then there's a cash price. Or, or people who have to, you know, they don't have insurance. And to me, that is wrong on all sides, and I can't stand that stuff. So, and I think I told you before that our, when, when we put our insurance claim in, um, what was finally settled on was, was um, basically uh, $20,000 less than, than what the roofer had uh, quoted, you know. Um, yeah, anyway. I mean, we have, these, we have these roofs that'll last, you know, 80 years if they, if they lay there, these big, these big uh, slate roofs. Um, so they're very expensive, but yeah, I just think that they're trying to they're trying to collect as much overage as they can, and and that's just kind of bad for America. Well, unfortunately, that's what we have to deal with, and and that's uh, uh, just part of the process. The um, yeah, y- you know, and 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 what are you going to do? I mean, that's what you buy insurance right. for. Yes, oh, yeah. it's it's going to be higher, and and uh, they're going to. And I think they, that's with everything. I mean, the medical industry is is the, the same, and uh, um, yeah. So, but well, Jim, you know, uh, if if we're done and we can move on, yes, we it's can. The, the end of the year, it's Christmas time, and you know, within the next month or so, we're going to ha- be having our our local top stories, and guess what? What? One of the top stories, one of the most talked about stories that we talk about here right. um, on the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and this has gone on for the last few years, deals with a blighted property. Oh, yeah. And the name of that property, it has a name. We give it a name. It has a name. And it's called the Cozy Bar. The Cozy? Oh, boy. The Cozy Bar. And guess what, Jim? It's back in the news. It is back in the news. We can talk about it again as we end the year. And the Cozy Bar will go down as the, the, the most talked about story on the Twin Ports Real Estate Show history. in 2022. And we're going to end the year with I think a bang. It's in, in history of our real estate show, it's been obviously the most talked about subject because it's been going on for so long. But this story doesn't really pertain to the actual real estate. You know, there was a big article earlier this week in the Duluth News Tribune, and and there's a, a there's a, a I think there's a couple of lawsuits going on, but there's one lawsuit as part of this, and they tie the cozy to this, but this is really more, I believe, uh, with the, uh, the 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 person that's filing these claims, Mr. Eric Ringsred, and his uh, a defamation lawsuit, and so this I, this isn't really pertaining to 
the, uh, the real estate actually, but uh, this is a, um, a lawsuit that's going to be heard by Minnesota's high, highest court, the Supreme Court, the state of Minnesota. And uh, wow. this is a, um, uh, a defamation lawsuit that he's going to, um, uh, we're going to find out if he's going to be allowed to proceed with, but he's got a lot of people involved in this and, and wants to, to bring in more, you know, with, with the city of Duluth, the Duluth News Tribune, I believe, is going to be involved with this. Uh, he's naming specific people in this. I believe uh, Mayor Emily Larson is, is being named on this. Uh, uh, one of the city councilors, Roz Randorf, uh, and a former city councilor, Zach Filipovich, is also being named in this. And uh, he, he's claiming that these, uh, these people have damaged his reputation and his uh, ability to uh, deal with his uh, uh, preservation interests and then also his uh, professional uh, uh, reputation. You know, he's, a, he's an emergency room doctor. He's claiming right. that he can't, he can't get work locally here in Duluth and he's had to go outside the area to get work. And so um, this whole thing, Jim, it just really is such an incredibly tangled web of issues surrounding this and and i I, again i i i continue to say to myself it's like why would anybody want to involve themselves in this type of you know drawing attention to themselves like this what what is the issue with 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 uh continuing to proceed with this yes i believe if you have a question yes um were you or I named in this lawsuit? <laughs> no, not, not yet. <laughs> For our tens of hundreds of uh, listeners, uh, I'm glad it didn't get back to them because I don't need the headache. Well, we, you know, we're just reporting what we hear. Yeah, not, I know. We know, never, we never took we his, we never really took his name in vain. We're, we don't attack him, no. his character. We don't know the man that well. I mean, we talk about things in, involved as like, whatever you know i i do believe that people are culpable and and responsible you know for their own actions and that type of stuff when it comes to real estate you know if you have a blighted property you don't take care of it yeah i think you're you you have some responsibility as a person that you shouldn't complain about uh what's happening to you if you don't take care of things i mean I, i think that that's just common sense um but in terms of we you know attacking him you know we're simply just reporting what oh yes what is going on so um, the, it was um, a weak stab at humor, <laughs> and it's fun. And, and we obviously, you know, this is uh, uh, you know continuing to give attention to this issue, and and this is an issue that I that, that there is a lot of different opinions on it. I believe the majority of the opinions are on the side of like get that building out of there, tear it down, uh, let's reuse it. It's 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 no longer structurally feasible. Um, uh, and then there are the other, the other side of this where it's like, Hey, we can redo this thing. We can, we, there's enough integrity there that we can work with this. And so uh, I think that there are, there are just these big differences of opinions by different groups uh, about this issue. And it's continued to be an issue. And, uh, how long that, that, that we are going to see this as an issue, uh, in our community, Boy, this could go on for who knows how long. But this particular lawsuit is dealing with, I think, more on a personal issue um, than it yeah, is the actual yeah. building and, and how they're proceeding with that. So uh, we'll continue to watch it and uh, uh, see how, how it evolves. But certainly back in the news, big article and uh, some very interesting uh, 
angles and the the uh, the tangled web gets more tangled. Yes, it does, and and I think that you know if you if you look back to when this all started, um, and when notices were given to you know okay, there's been a traumatic fire there, um, you got to fix your place up. I mean, if, if maybe they would have taken action then, this would have been all done. It would have been you know it would have been a, a new property by now. But as it is, it just sits there honestly as an ugly eyesore on the corner of you know Duluth, Minnesota, where you know I mean. You know, I mean, if they're going to fix it, get onto it, fix it, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's a it's a it's a hard one. It's been going on too long. Well, we'll continue to follow this. But uh, again, in the news, as we turn into the new year and we'll see what 2023 brings. But uh, uh, our good friend, the cozy bar is uh, uh, always a good topic of conversation for us in the real estate community. Right. All right. Jim. One other prediction here uh, that I want to uh, get in here quickly is uh, uh, that deals with uh, property valuations or appraisals and some of the biggest issues. And quite frankly, Jim, in this market that we've been in, the uh, the appraisal process to me has been, you, you know, one of the things that I've just completely shrugged my shoulders at, held my hands up, you know, yep. shook my head and said, oh, okay, you know, we're, we're in, in the past, I think some of the bigger issues that we faced with is like, oh, it didn't appraise for the value or there's, you know, work orders that have to be done, that type of stuff. But in this runaway market that we've had where the prices, you you know, you've got prices, you know, 10, 20, 30, 70, 80, 90, $100,000 over the list price. We haven't had a problem with appraisals, right? Appraising these these properties for these escalated values, and um, you know, talking to you know the appraisers earlier this year, asking this specific question to them, it's been like, well, we're not really having a problem with it, you know. So, but there is a prediction coming out, and um, that they're going to have some appraisal model modernization in 2023 they've already made some changes down here but yeah let's go on let's hear what you're gonna say well you know i think appraisals are pretty straightforward you know when it comes to the data that they have to provide within those appraisals and and how they can modernize it they're not really going into specifics jim about what's happening but they are saying um that Freddie, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which are the two largest holders of mortgages, what, how and what are they going to embrace in terms of modernization as the, this industry progresses towards incorporating technology-forward appraisal solutions and how lenders are best going to um, adopt those modernization projects, uh, processes. But they're not – the only thing that they're really saying here is, Jim, is they're going to aff- – focus on appraisal quality but they don't really get expand and give any idea about what that means you know I can give you they an are example. saying that they are witnessing a rise in revision requests that right. are being sent back to appraisers from lenders um to show a heightened focus on appraisal quality but i don't know what that means well what they're doing i can tell you what they're doing down here so um they get their appraisal in 
And, you know, they have all this analytics themselves. I mean, they have the MLS, you know, basically online right next to them. These, you know, mortgage underwriters or the bots or whatever. And, and what, what appraisers are getting is they'll, they'll use a comparable that's a mile away. And these bots will come up with, you know, two other ones that are closer to the same everything square footage wise. And they picked the other one because of condition or whatever, but they want them to reevaluate it based on these these other properties, or they just they'll throw out the 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 comparable that's a mile away for the one that's a half a mile away. And um, I mean, it's it's very interesting. I never thought that they would um, try to help the appraiser um, kind of pick their their work. Um, and it's and it's affecting you know so when they're comparing it to the other house, you know the the adjustments might be different. So in other words, if the appraiser is trying to stretch it, they're really not they're really not letting them in that way. So have you heard well, of that up there yet? That they're there's no. Some, I mean, really, yeah. this is this is something that you know certainly caught my attention. It was yeah. posted online. I'm reading through it, but they're not really expanding on it. Right. And I think one of the things that you and I have talked Gary, about we got, over we're, the years, we're right up on a break here. I didn't even notice it. So keep that train of thought. We'll be right back and finish this conversation. You're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Hang in there. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rondon and Gary Callagher here. All right, Mr. Callagher, let's get right back into it. Um, we were talking about appraisals and uh, um the changes that they're they're trying to tighten it up, quote unquote, uh, and and I'm I you know I I know one of the things they're doing down here is is they're they're looking at the other comparables that maybe the uh, the appraiser didn't pick, and sometimes they throw it back to them with that. So okay, let's continue on from there. Well, in terms of the modernization of the appraisal industry, the only thing that I can think about that you and I have talked about in the past is what we call analytics, right? And these, the data, the analytics, uh, all this stuff is becoming more and more available to just, I mean, you and I, I mean, you and I can go online and we can find all the data that we want and, you know, we can compare apples to apples, whatever. Um, and, and, and then the, the appraisal. So what's the difference between an appraiser and you and I, you know, where we can perform what's called a market analysis, right? They can perform a certified appraisal, and it comes down to education. They take additional education. They get certified to that the bank takes what they're saying as the gospel, where we are just you know giving them a market analysis, and that's really the way it's been over the years. Is they've taken their additional education to become certified appraisers, so the banks have put more stock in what they're saying versus what we say is just regular real estate agents and and that's that's fine i mean i think that that's great but as more and more data becomes more commonplace and it becomes more available to everything the analytics from these large lenders i mean will that replace appraisers will that replace the ability to have you know that certified appraisal uh their opinion based on everything that, that they've given the lender versus what the lender can look at themselves. And I think, I think and the answer is, I think the answer is yes. I think that eventually this is going to happen more and more. It's already happening. 
Um, but I think well, the, ana- I, but the I analytics think have a way to go. El- there's one element, Jim, that you can't really ever replace. I mean, you can have all the analytics right. and you can have all the data, but the one thing that you can never, that these people that are looking at this information can never have is the emotional connection to the property itself. And that's, to me, a very important part of this is where somebody, the boots on the ground, and they're never going to be able to have that unless somebody physically goes in that property and and gives them that additional information. So I think that that's a very crucial part of this that is always going to be needed because you can have all the data, you can have all the analytics you want, but unless somebody walks in that apartment and you know, says, hey, this thing smells like, you know, whatever. This thing uh, has got some issues. There's mold growing, you know, whatever. You can't see that stuff in the analytics. You just simply can't see it. And so I think that, that you'll never get away from the need to have that boots on the ground um, person give that type of information to these lenders. And so, therefore, I think that appraisers are always going to perform a necessary function uh, in, a, in a real estate process, although it may... Uh, become a little bit more diluted there may be less needed that type of stuff but uh, i do think it i do think it's still an important part of the process jim but i do think that it will change we will see some type of modernization in it but i simply at this point don't know what it looks like well and i think that you know the analytics they might come up they might have a ballpark number and then they send somebody over there for the physical inspection so to speak um, where they don't really have to gather a lot of information. They just need to go and, and, and look at, you know, different conditions around the property um, and, you know, probably the location addition or, you know, so I, who knows where it's going to go, Gary, but they're, they're trying to, um, to um, eliminate a lot of things. But I think that you're right in that when they, when they streamline everything, sometimes maybe they're finding out too that, you know, mm, we're kind of missing something. So it's interesting. We'll be coming back to that subject um, as it develops, and it will keep developing, won't it? I think so. I mean, I think as we advance into uh, the future with real estate technology, is always going to be advancing as well. And what it looks like, you know, five years from now, uh, is always going to be exciting. It's really one of the most exciting things that I I like about real estate is the technology and how it will um, and how it will look in the in the future. And so, uh, yeah. All right, Kerry, listen, we got one more big story here that seems to be flying a little bit under the radar, I think. Um, and here's the headline. Wells Fargo ordered to pay $3.7 billion for illegal activity, including unjust foreclosures and vehicle repossessions. Now, oh, boy. Yeah, you and I, we, we, we brought this up, I think it was 2017. Um, they had a 2016... Um, is when when this this uh, another um, instance came up where they were fined in the billions before, but it says here that they're gonna they're gonna have to refund over two hundred million dollars to mortgage customers, um, and that out of the fine, um, a billion and a half is gonna go back to restitution to these customers, so. They would take deposits and apparently they would misappropriate and put them in the put them in a bank account instead of making a payment and then charge an overfee or whatever and then would not let people out of it. Um, so they they really got slapped quite hard here and uh, I just I thought it was an interesting subject because we have talked about this before. Jim, they called 
this article termed this, and this is what this is uh, uh, an article that was posted on CNN by Matt Egan right. uh, on December twentieth, and he calls Wells Fargo a corporate recidivist. <laughs> Yep. And I read that, and I'm like, well, what does that mean? Yep. And and so, I mean, I had to look it up, and a, and a recidivist is a convicted criminal who re, re-offends especially repeatedly. Right. <laughs> so he's not pulling and, any punches in this story. Well, they certainly have done that. These guys are crooks. I mean, they certainly have done that. I mean, you know, hmm. Yeah, it, it went before they were flipping accounts or something like that. I don't remember. But, I mean, they've been in a lot of trouble. Um, and uh, I'm sure the statement that comes out from them is going to be, you know, the, the typical one that is like, we're, we're going to improve ourselves and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I like that term. Let's remember that one. Well, th- listen, we, it, and we can go way back to the housing recession and the foreclosure uh, era that we dealt with. And we all know the absolute problems that we had with these lenders trying to get these properties sold. And, 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 and the large box lenders were certainly some of the most difficult to deal with. Some of it, I, I say it's not their fault because, you know, these mortgage-backed securities that, that were sold with, 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 uh, with all these, you know, to all these massive investors globally had to be untangled and you could have hundreds of investors involved in any given mortgage security back then that had to get untangled before they could get a free and clear title to the property where they could actually convey it to somebody else. And that was a massive problem. And so, um, uh, but you know, uh, the, the, the problems, again, that we dealt with back there were well known by the real estate community nationally, locally and nationally. <clears throat> but uh, to see some of this and read some of this, that this is still going on. Um, yeah. Listen, man, this puts a hardship on people and there's nothing more emotional yeah. and stressful. Well, and you know what? People. I mean, I'm, I, you know, who... you lose your house and you lose your car. Yes. Those are the two biggest things in life you know aside from our phones nowadays those are the two biggest things that you that you have an emotional attachment to and to say that a bank to come in and just like unemotionally says too bad we're taking it from you You didn't pay for it or whatever the case may be that's not too cool yep i mean they're going to pay 200 million dollars in refunds to those harmed by the bank's mortgage servicing accounts i mean and and that's a very small part of this of this um fine but people have had their cars repossessed. I mean, at least with your house, it's going to take a while. With your car, they come and get it while you're in bed and it's parked on the street and you're never going to get it back. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. And, you know, some of these people were obviously within their 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 rights. Um, these things weren't supposed to happen. And, you know, another thing that I think is really quite obvious and and they say it is that some of these people regardless of this action are never going to recover from what happened to them personally right and i think that's huge and it also goes on to say that that this settlement does not provide immunity to the individuals at wells fargo and that the 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 uh the agency believes that the the fines and the restitution will not fix these the bank's problems and that there should be some more accountability there and ultimately, what, what that looks like, who knows? But 
the um, they're saying, hey, this is just a drop in the bucket type of a thing, right? And there are much bigger problems in terms of the accountability of of uh, at these different levels within these lenders. Well, they said they had they had more than five hundred million dollars for illegal surprise overdraft fees. <laughs> Holy Christmas, that's a lot of money. Wow. All right, Mr. Callagher, we're coming up on our break here. Why don't you give out your phone number and we'll come back and wrap it up after this. In the Twin Ports, I'm at 218-390-0615. And down here in Florida, you can reach me at 218-348-7653. And of course, Gary and I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Um, hoping that you're having a great holiday cheer. And uh, Gary, um, are you? Uh, is your back okay from shoveling all this snow? Yes, surprisingly well. My back is doing well. I've been lifting my weights. I've been doing yep. some stuff to try to stay in shape. And uh, Well, snow will um, do it. Snow will do that, too, yeah, but uh, lower back right. exercises, that type of stuff, just to just so I don't pull that muscle. Because pull that muscle, I could be down for a few days. Yeah, so, I hear yeah. you there. All right, folks, we'll be right back. Hang in there. Welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rond and Gary Callagher here every Saturday that we can be. Um, we are interrupted by sports only, it seems, but that's fine with us. Mr. Callagher, um, you know, congratulations on your big snowstorm. We were supposed to be up there. Um, I saw that weather and we canceled our plans. So um, maybe I'll see you in a month. But Well, that sounds good. Yeah, let's talk about tiny homes in Duluth because apparently they're, they're appearing well, I don't know if you saw the news Tribune article earlier this week, you know, but, but they had this article and uh, but they've been talking about this tiny home construction up here for, for a little bit anyways. And, uh, um, but they have, uh, they've started to construct these things. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to be laughing, but I think this is a little bit humorous. And, and the one, uh, example that they have here is they showed this house, uh, in the Duluth Hillside neighborhood, and I'm looking at this thing saying, I don't get this one at all. And in the proximity of this house, and I, and I wanted to go drive by this place, but I didn't because of the storm here. But I will get by and look at this thing. But this thing sits right next to one of the neighboring houses. And I got to tell you something. If I'm that neighbor in that house, I'm not a happy camper. No, and, because and the houses on either is, side of it are, are big traditionals. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're classic Twin Port houses. I, I would be just a really upset homeowner because when you talk about appreciating values and, and pricing of your home and what we deal with, Jim, in when, you, when you're pricing a home is we look at similar like properties. And when you've got a dissimilar type property located next to yours, and this could be something where you maybe you've got like a, a, a blighted house, it affects the value of your house. There's no question about it. And so looking at this thing saying this does not conform, this is not one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. <laughs> when you look at this thing, this is the old uh, Sesame Street, you know, uh, right. line. And, and and this is 175 square foot housing. And I'm thinking to myself, who's going to live there? Right. Who is going to live there? And what they're saying is they're trying to cater to um, these these freelance nurses that go around from town to town and they – you know, they, they're kind of like uh, independent contracting nurses were, you know, that, and there's certainly a need for that. And, you know, I agree, but, but boy, oh boy, this thing really looks out of place there. Well, and uh, on a day like today too, maybe these young people come with shovel, Gary. So they'll, they'll help bail out the neighbors from the big storm. 
Well, well, not if they're working. I mean, those <laughs> those independent right. contractor nurses, they put in a lot of time. I bet they They've, do. Uh, so interesting. We'll continue to follow this, but I think this is something to where I would be, like I said, if I was a neighbor and they put this up, I, I wouldn't be too happy. Well, you know, if uh, the the tiny homes, you don't see them down here. And after the hurricane, I, I can see why. Um they would they it seems to me they would become a loft quite quickly um and uh you know it, one thing hurricanes do that that corrects is 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 they they seem to get rid of the the the, the structures that aren't completely firmly attached to everything so i don't know how they'd go up here but or down here but yeah it's an interesting thing um i remember seeing my first tiny home must have been 10 or 12 years ago at the um at the home show at the deck you know so very interesting situation all right mr Callagher, we have one more time to give out your phone number 218-390-0615 and my number down here is 218-348-7653 we'll be back on christmas eve to wish you all a merry christmas all right thanks for tuning in to the twin ports real estate show